Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. We are here to discuss Spies, Lies, and Allies, Episode 5, where the situation helped out uh, Gabo about as much as he helped the IRS with his tax returns. <laughs> I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Trace Armstrong and Rob McIntyre. We want to give a shout out to a couple of our patrons who have chose to support the show, Sharice Dick and Beck Hennessy. Thank you so much for your contributions. If you too would like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash the Challenge Chronicles. Subscribe for $4 a month and get bonus content. We typically do about one extra bonus episode uh, a week. We talked about some exciting challenge news uh, in the last episode about All-Stars 3 will be filmed before the next season of the challenge, uh, which I'm excited about. Trace is excited about. I don't remember. Rob, how did you feel? I I was happy with it. I thought that was Uh, a good move. So if you want to get our full thoughts on that, you can go to Patreon, subscribe, and listen more. What did we think of tonight's episode? It was a really weird episode. Like, it felt like there weren't many, like, plot lines as much as we kind of got, like, oh, here's what these people are doing for four minutes. Here's what these other people are doing for four minutes. And it wasn't anybody who we'd consider, like, focused parts that were getting the narrative to. Mm-hmm. Like it was just kind of these periphery characters and stuff. So it was a very weird episode. I not. Yeah, I was very much middle of the road with this one. Like Rob, I felt like this episode should have been an hour and not 90 minutes because it feels like the calm before the storm. It seems like the vet Alliance is about to, it's, it's on the verge of explosion. And so this is kind of just a, an episode we have to get through to get to there is the way I felt. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't know. It was all right. It was whatever. Um, I don't get how we did not get a conversation between Josh and Fessy. Did they just like, not you talk? Mean like, that was so weird. There's no way. There's no way. They just didn't talk for however many days before the next elimination. You know what I, I mean? Like, I guess it's the thing. You do hear Fessy say that he's, like, going to have Josh come to him, not the other way around. So maybe there was just... No, I don't know if he said that. They want to make a move. I don't know. I'm just guessing because it would be very odd. They wouldn't show it. He didn't say that exactly. He said that he knows that it's better for him to go to Josh and apologize for his game. Um, But he's not going to, he doesn't feel like he needs to apologize for anything. Um, And we saw, because we did see Casey pretty much flat out in the big brother Alliance, as far as Josh is concerned. Um, and his inclusion. Very weird. Yeah, it's very atypical for Casey. Um, so that was kind of surprising. There's also, like, yeah, there's, there's, like, there's only four of them. So now they just split it in half, two on one side, two on the other. Like, it's not much of a, much of a, there's no, no, there was barely a break with alliance to speak of. And then now I guess Devin is the one who has connections to both groups all of a sudden. Like, what, what what's going on there? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, w- I really wish we would, w- would have gotten more of that. Instead, we just got a lot of conversation about Logan, Gabo, and Emmy. Uh, that's pretty much who the episode revolved around. Uh, even Anissa. Like, I mean, we got a little bit of Anissa's take uh, and her thoughts about as she goes off. But, I mean, the episode really revolved around those three characters. And, I mean, e- even at the beginning of the episode, it was going to be, in my notes early on, I have written down, it would be shocking if Gabo doesn't go in. Um, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, it, it well, just, at what point did we know it was going to be Gabo and Logan? Like, to like 15 minutes in? 
Yeah, may, maybe 15 minutes in. It was pretty yeah, telegraphed. Like it was pretty transparent. And I mean, I'm fine with that. Like if, if that's the way that it actually played out in the house, like I'm fine to see it that way. I don't need them to like play tricks and try and hide stuff from us. Um, but this episode has played out pretty much like this whole season has played out to this point, which is extremely predictable. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Something that we, something that we also didn't uh, talk about or not necessarily talk about. We didn't think through, they're actually going to be able to keep this. Uh, they could as- essentially keep throwing r- rookies in until the end of time, until they <laughs> run out if they wanted to. Yep. Because every single time that a rookie rookie pair wins, um, they will then pick two veterans, which leaves two rookies, which will then become well, a rookie rookie pair and continue. Well, not, the not always the case. Like if this episode, if he, if Logan decided to pick um, Amanda, then Kyle would have gone back with Emmy and their one. Yeah, but the the amount of veteran veteran pairs are are not like not in like. A it's very, dwindling. Like, well, how, how intelligent are these supply. rookies, though? Like, I think that's the play. I would take that, have there be no rookie-rookie pair for them to throw in, and then hopefully they start throwing K-makers at each other, and then I'm able to kind of skate by. Hey, Rob, they're not smart enough to do that. There's some of them don't like, seem they're like they're, they're not like dumb. Like, no, nothing to this point, nothing to this point has suggested to us that any of these people are very capable strategic players. But... I mean, the thing is, so I, the, you only need one in that situation. Like, it doesn't need to be. It's, it's not like the voting where you need all of them to get bought in. That's just like if Esther, for if Esther, for example, finds her way into elimination, and she's smart enough to pick somebody, or I, I don't know who, who are the smart ones that are left. Priscilla seems like she has a clue. Maybe Ed. To, like, well, if one of those to, just does that. And to your point, it only takes one of them to think of that and bring it up to the other. The, the person that's going in, right? Yeah, and that's true at too. that point, it, it literally only takes one person, and it benefits all of them, including the person that just won. So why aren't they doing it? Unless someone just didn't think of it, it just doesn't make any sense. I just think they have other priorities where they don't have that sort of group mindset and that they just want – it seems like all of them just want to be the last rookie left instead of shaking it up entirely and having there be a couple rookies that make it through and the bets start going home. It seems like they're all just trying to claw for that one last rookie's left position instead of being a bit more aggressive. Trey, what are your thoughts? I – I don't think it matters because none of these jamokes are going to make it to the end anyway at this point. Like Gabo to me was the one guy who had the opportunity to maybe slide through the cracks and that, you know, disappeared the moment he was put in a rookie rookie pair. So I just don't think these rookies, none of them, like none of them are going to make the final. Like it's going to be an all vet final there. I mean, that's the way this thing's headed and there's nothing that's going to stop that now. Did it, did all of you buy, or both of you buy, the fact that this would have was going to be a complete blowout of, of an elimination? Because no. I didn't. Like I didn't. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way that the editors tried to portray it, and that's the way that they tried to depict it with the confessionals describing Gabo versus Logan. Like Gabo seems fine. You know what I mean? Like he can't do math and he can't do puzzles, but neither can Nelson. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> neither can. I mean, neither, it is neither a can, puzzle elimination. Neither can, like, a lot of people 
uh, on this show. So I don't really think that makes him that much different than some of the competitors that we see. Well, I just, for me, it was like, we didn't really know. It's not like Logan's come in and been, you know, turbo. Like, it's not like he yeah. was some ace. And then with Gobbler, it's like, well, he doesn't give the appearance that he knows what's going on very much, but you, you never know if he's just playing coy or if he just stumbles into something. Like people, I mean, I think a lot of it is what we found out from Amanda's Instagram Live, and that, and we talked about this in our last Patreon episode. That the language barrier for him was a huge issue, and that he, like, when they TJ gave instructions for the challenge, people had to go back and kind of like describe them to him and say it again so that he was able to figure out what was going on. Um, and that was a significant obstacle for him and Tracy throughout their time on the show. Um, all right. What was the, what, what, what are the high points of this episode that we have to touch on? What, what do we feel like we have to discuss? I, mean, I really feel like for me, there's Gabo talking, uh, praying to the situation. It wasn't even during confessional too. He's just like on the side of the elimination round, praying to the situation to come. I don't think he, help I don't think oh, he is the situation really the person you call to to help for a puzzle too? Really? Like that, that, that's really the not. one person you're reaching out to. I mean, I Definitely. thought that was hilarious. That, that, was, was. I, that was the one time throughout the course of the episode that I laughed out loud. Yep. And the fact that they I mean, flashed I, I, up like, a picture. I, I laughed like harder than I had in a while. Yeah, it, it was, and then the thing before too with him talking about how he wants like the cars and stuff. Clearly, the guy just watches like Jersey Shore all day and just like has his chains on and is just in astonishment about how people I can think, be this way. I think he's playing into it. I think that's what a lot of it. Oh, is. for sure. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I they really missed the opportunity to actually go to the situation and just get him to film like ten seconds in front of a green screen. Yeah, yeah, and like talk to Gabo in that moment. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and that wouldn't have cost them a whole lot of time or money to do that. <laughs> where, where is he now? He's out of jail, right? Yeah, he's not in uh, jail right he, now. They're doing another show, right? Like, the, there's another Jersey well, Shore he, season going on. Well, I didn't know if he got put back in jail after the show was over. No. The situation he's, is crushing He's it. fine. Um, yeah. Now, the other high points of the episode, I think it's noteworthy that CT won a daily this early in the season because usually he, someone on Reddit did the perfect meme of CT in the first like three quarters of a challenge season. It's that one of Shaq trying to hide behind a skinny tree and just kind of have his eye tilted out. And (laughs) that's what CT does. Like he doesn't try to make any waves. And the moment that he won the daily, I'm like, okay, so Gabo's going, Gabo's going to go in and then he's just going to just, you know, roll the dice and pick another uh, rookie male. And that's going to be that. I don't get, so explain this to me. Why did CT want Logan to be the houseboat so much and Gabo and Emmy to be the team that he picked in? It didn't make any sense to me. No, it makes perfect sense to me. Who cares? Why? It makes perfect sense to me. Both of them are... Both of them are going in either way. Just throw in, just have Gobble and Emmy be I mean, the house. Maybe he, I mean, obviously we're not there, so we don't know who has connections with the who, but doesn't this seem like, you know, rookie number, this is rookie number three and this is rookie number six. Like they're just, they're almost like nameless cast members in the background of a Judd Apatow movie. Like, I, I don't think that, I don't see what the big difference is there. It's a huge difference. Tactically, if you're looking at this politically, Logan is more than likely going to beat Gabo in his view. So you don't want to be the person that throws in the person that wins the elimination. He was but, he was telling him he wants him to put him in. He wanted to. 
Yeah, he told him. He, 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 him told him he wanted to go in. He just didn't want to be the houseboat. We didn't even talk about that too either. Really, just the fact that both of them just wanted to go in to get new partners was crazy. Well, and no, so he's the one who they're trying to get. Th- this whole episode is summed up by the club scene when Kevin or Kyle, Devin, and CT are talking with each other, and they're talking about how everything is going so great for the Veterans Alliance. CT's like, "This is phenomenal. I don't even have to upset anyone. People want to go in." And Kyle goes, "Do they not even realize there's no skull twist this season?" <laughs> 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 they got the tape from last season. I think TJ's like pulling them out somewhere and they're just not seeing them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then I that was don't... the other thing too with this episode. There was a little, a lot. It was a lot of hookups this episode, really, or at least a lot of us like you know dipping in on these different couples that have happened. What's the full list? Yeah. Uh, and then we've Jeremiah, got Amber Nelson. Jeremiah Berna. Amber. We got Nelson Berna. We've got. Um, Logan, Logan. T. That's a fun one. Um, we've got, I mean, Tori trying to move in on a manual now. I mean, that that was on the bingo card for this season, right? That she's <laughs> going to go for the guy that just looks like PBS Jordan. Yes. I mean, he's really just Jordan with like bolder earrings and bigger tattoos. Yep. Like a caricature of Jordan. That's pretty <laughs> cool. yeah. It's like you, it's like if somebody casted Jordan in like a PBS documentary. Um, yep. I don't know. Like, I mean, it really seems like this is going to keep up for a while. So uh, unless one of the rookie rookie pairs decides to choose a veteran veteran alliance, this is going to keep up, right? Because next it's week, just... who, who, so who's the rookie rookie pair now? Emmy and Huey. It's I mean, that's, Huey and Emmy. I mean, geez. What, what are the, what are the betting odds for them to go in to, to elimination next week? Minus like, 750. Holy cow, dude. Minus 750. No, dude. Like, it's like minus like, Forty thousand. Uh, like a thousand. This is like this is like, like when you when you're betting on like Putin to win the Russian election. Like that, that that's the, <laughs> the comparable odds for this. It's just, it's just it's just yeah. Just count this one as locked in. I yeah. mean, the what only would have to happen for them not to go in the to win the daily. Is if no, if they get in a fight with each other before the elimination happens, like during the daily or something, as they're competing, both hit each other. And TJ said they're DQ'd. I, yeah, I yeah. guess. I feel like it, even That's if like Emmy, even if Emmy got DQ'd and Huey didn't, that then Huey would still probably be going in. Yeah, he would still go in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's the just quest- a rough spot, dude. And like you see why, like we like the, with the deliberations with Huey flipping out, which was crazy. But uh, you also looking clearly see the panic in his face, knowing that like oh, I've got the good partner now, and if I pick her, then I'm back on the bottom again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't really get why Logan was really championing the. To, why did he want to go in? Like, I still don't. Want to be able to pick his partner? He said. Who cares? Like, I mean, like yeah, he does. He just I not guess. get the. Like, you can like a like. Why? Why would you want to go in now? Like, I mean, which one of the rookies does he really think that he's going to struggle against outside of? Like Emmanuel, like Emmanuel seems like he's pretty competent. Who are, who are no, these? I, like, think he, I think he would struggle against most of the guys. After Huey, I, I mean, Huey was decent last elimination, but if anything physically, you'd have to give him the edge over Huey. But then I mean, oh. like Ed, I think I would, I would favor Ed over him. I would, yeah, I would, so favor Ed. I would favor Um I would favor Emmanuel. I think him and Jeremiah is just a complete toss-up. We haven't seen anything athletically from Jeremiah so far. We haven't seen anything really poor either. Um, how many guys are even left outside of them? Is that all of them? 
That's pretty much it. I mean, we're we're almost to the point where this is a clean sleep of rookies. Man, what what at what point? Yeah, what what are the odds on that? That it's just a clean sleep of rookies. I mean, it has to be like low. A, a, low. It has to be like low, some, but it can't be that low, right? The only veteran that has gone home is Nam because of COVID. That's it. Well, yeah, and, and people like eliminated and elimination. Like, yeah. what are the odds? It's just rook all, we clean out all the rookies before we get to any events. Um, that's probably minus know. 350 like, right now because there's still the possibility that the vet alliance fractures next week. I think it's close. It could be next week. It could be the week after. But at some point, one of them's got to take a shot. And, it, and, it'll, and it'll be Fessy again because Fessy already kind of broke the truce once by putting Amber in. But nobody really cared because Amber won last year and she was very clearly at the bottom of the vet pool. And even Tori said it like technically she's a vet, but nobody was really seeing her that way. So how do we? What do we think that yeah. looks like though? Cause, like, because the way the vet gets put in is likely going to be the house vote because that it's like there's they're the vet rookie pair getting put in. They're not being picked by the winners. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so you're gonna need. It's not like just Josh and Amber get pissed at Fessy and vote him in. Like you would need like a, a majority of the veterans alliance to vote them in. Like, why is Devin voting in either of them at this point? Why is Tory voting in either of them at this point? I just think they all just play Switzerland and, like, you guys can fight whatever. We're going to keep voting in rookies. Yeah. I mean, that's the smart play. Let's talk about the let's, – let's take a break from talking about kind of, um, like, the politics of the house for a moment. What did you think of the challenge for this episode? But actually, yeah, well, I, I, actually thought, I thought the good. mission was good. I thought the mission yeah. was very good. They're all going at once, test a variety of skills. We get to see how different pairs work together. I thought that was very good. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. It was also, wasn't that long. Uh, It was 23 minutes in runtime, which for them is lightning speed. Yeah, Um, and we did get to see which rookies they wanted to spotlight. And it's pretty, it's also with this mission I like, because it's not that difficult to see how people are doing compared to each other since everybody's in one heat. Um, so like you can see burn is able to climb the obstacle parts of the course very quickly. You can see the same thing with the manual, obviously CT is still money on puzzles. Uh, so yeah, I, I like being able to see how everybody did too. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it was easy to oh, follow. No, yeah, I mean, it was great. It's interesting that Trace mentioned this at the top. It was interesting to see CT decide that he actually wanted to win this. Maybe it was unavoidable for them to win because like this is, in CT's wheelhouse, this is exactly what he's good at, right? This is the reason yeah. why he won the the final last season. The yeah. puzzles, then, math. Um, and then even though his partner was not great in the math portion, she killed the obstacle part of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty much case in point why I have a hard time seeing Nelson winning a final or Corey because it does seem like the show has made a conscious effort to emphasize this as something that they want to reward, right? Puzzles and math. And unless the, they get set up with a good partner, they just it's not going to happen. So at that point, it's pretty much that is like a prerequisite for them to just be in play to win. I, I just think they stumble into the right partner, or it's also like, I don't know, man. I, I just don't think they're that much worse than the majority of this men's crop. I just don't think the men's the, this men's crop is very good at puzzles in general. CT's obviously very good. Devin's very good. Um, Ed is very good. Ed is um, very good. We don't we think have no idea about him. Emmanuel. Fessy seems no, to be fine. About him. He seems to be fine. Yeah, Fessy was like okay. Um, Huey, I don't think we have any idea. 
they're doing. <laughs> uh, I don't think we have any idea. I don't think Huey can keep a level head at any point. He's very okay, but you can keep emotional. you can not keep a level head and beat Corey in a puzzle. Jeremiah, I don't think we know. No Josh, I have no idea. Yeah. He, his have uh, mostly been bad. I mean, he loses that the puzzle purge and board of the worlds one. Um, yeah, but at he's that point like you're... being laughed at by Ashley on Total Madness when he tries to do the puzzle. So it's not it's not Sterling certainly. He beat Michi in the puzzle last season, but like I mean, Michi Michi might have been one of the all time worst when he like literally could not know know what this side side of his puzzle was. Yeah, but I mean, I I would put Nelson closer to, to like that group than like the other group above it. Um, and then Logan, do we know? He well, he and Anissa won the first mission, but I think they may have been just a ne- more Anissa than yeah. him, at least on the puzzle part. I I think that his puzzle ability was a little exposed here. Granted, there was a lot of physical climbing and stuff, but he kept having to go back up because he couldn't get the symbols. He had the symbols in the right place, but not turned the right direction. And you've got to be able to pay attention to those little details, and he did not. Maybe he'll be better next time, but. You know, if you were running a final today with what we see, it would be hard to put him in the good puzzle category. I, I just I just am not overall impressed by what this men's group is offering. I think CT is going to be in a lot of trouble to make the final once these veterans do start having to pick at each other a little bit. Same with Fessy at this point. He seems like he's being somewhat ostracized. Then after that, I mean, we're looking Why, at... Wait, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why do you think Fessy's being ostracized? If well, I think I think Josh has a stronger bond with Devin than Fessy does, and by extension, Josh has a stronger bond with Kyle. He has a stronger bond with CT. I think Fessy's a bigger Please. threat than Josh, so I, I think he's outed out of that group. Plus, he uh, also no, did I, like I, we we only saw people kind of champion behind uh, CT this episode, or not CT, but excuse me, Fessy. The only people that we saw champion behind uh, Josh this episode when it came to this was Amber B. That's the mm-hmm. only person. I suppose I'm projecting a little bit more there. I just think they were being very selective with what they showed. And it was also like they were just in the same room as him. So you're going to tell somebody what they want to hear when you're in the same room as them. If you actually follow through on that, it's a different story. And you're also talking about the most of that room was like the Nazis of the world. That that room also was also all the female side of the house who don't care as much if he's a threat. Yeah. It doesn't matter either way to them, really. Whereas for the guys. Yeah, but he's he's also a number for him, too. Or they are. I don't know. I, I, I struggle to I I struggle to see if the Josh Fessy civil war happens. That the Josh won't have the political edge in that area. I mean, it looks like it's going to happen next week. Um, and I mean, yeah. Do we think know. that? Do we think that? Do we anticipate that breakdown is going to be like explosive and exciting, or is the Big Brother Alliance just kind of going to go out like a you know balloon with its hair going out? I lean more towards explosion. Explosions where that's headed. Yeah, like I mean, usually these alliances breaking down is like super engaging, but it's also like Fessy's content and that people talk about him a lot. But I don't find like him individually driving storylines to be very engaging. Yeah, I mean a lot. I mean that's like my pretty much number one criticism with the cast right now. Like I don't find really any of these or most of these people engaging. A lot of these people that they've had on for like season on season at this point, like. I'm just like, don't buy super in. Like at, at this point, like uh, he's one of the like most engaging people on this cast, uh, but I don't like find him engaging. Oh, uh, see, I, I, like, I, he drives a lot I of storylines. 
I think I think he creates a lot of stories, but he's not necessarily individually engaging in them. Like he he like will come up and stuff just because of how he plays the game and how he approaches his relationships within it. But it's not like I don't know. I it's not like he um I, I like I think almost anybody else in the cast would be better at driving a story than he would. Yeah. I mean, realistically, the only way that the current vets that they're using become, I think, interesting in a season is if the challenge goes full survivor for season 40 and makes the call to do, like, winners at war. Yeah, but at that point, these people aren't... They have to cast people that aren't currently on the show. Yeah, they're casting very few of these people. Like, I think someone has broken this down before, and I think someone did it in Discord recently... They talked over what they would have to do to do a all winter season, and it gets thin pretty quick. I, I well, you don't even have to do you don't even have to do all winners. You do what they do for champs versus stars for that last season, where if you've made a final, you're a champ. You know, they, they never that, even qualified with a final. Like it was just anybody. Pretty much. I mean, Tony won season three, even though he was never a champ, but he had made a final, so that's what they counted as a champ in that season. So. If you use that logic, like you've had to have run a final before to be eligible, it widens the pool. Yeah, I don't know. They need to do something. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Like, we've, like, harped on this enough. Um, yeah, I, I think one thing that has been interesting this season for me is it's felt like maybe just with these rookies flying off the wall so fast or giving them a bit more of a spotlight, but there seems like there's been a lot of people who just haven't really been a part of the season that much. Like, What's Corey done this season? He's gotten like no airtime whatsoever. Nothing. Literally, like the only thing we I remember from him is when Bettina was laughing in that one episode, and she's also been complete radio silence since that. I wonder if, if the editors are like, we literally cannot talk about Corey and his kid again. We yeah. just can't do it. Like, Devin even made a joke. Devin made a joke about it in one of the episodes. He's like, I know Corey's here for his family. You know, like, that was the throwaway thing. And I was like, yeah, thanks for saying it, because that's what we're all thinking. Is he just, like, taking the, the Darrell playbook, or even the CT playbook from, like, War of the Worlds 2, where he's just, like, I am being absolutely invisible, and so nobody's nobody's looking at me. I just think he's not doing anything. Like, I, I mean, Nelson, if you, in the Nelson-Corey alliance, Nelson's the one, like, doing stuff. So why do you need Corey's insight to what's this going is, on? This is the thing, though. We don't necessarily know if they're not doing anything. I mean, That's Amanda, what I'm in the, in, in the, in Amanda in the Instagram live pretty much listen, listed like ad nauseum a bunch of things. That so Bettina apparently was hooking up with Fessy, and that, that was a thing. We haven't see, seen that Would want to see on on the show, and the editors have just const- editors and or production have just constant production. Uh, have consciously chosen not to show us this stuff. And so I really think that could be what it is. At the end of the day, they're steering the show the too. show in a direction that's less entertaining um, than what we would perceive it, what we would want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And I mean, that, that's something else that Ama- uh, Amanda mentioned in the Instagram Live is that the people that are on the show think the show is boring right now too. Um, I don't think she said overall that- boring, but she did say they have issues with it, yeah. Something that uh, was not boring was the conversation that uh, Josh and Casey had. Uh, at what point in the show did that happen? I'm trying to find it in my notes. It was, pretty, it was pretty towards the beginning. Was it after the challenge or before the challenge? Um, I think it was see. before the mission. We had a lot of pre-mission this episode. Yeah, we did have a lot of pre-mission. All right, so Fessy, uh, or excuse me, Casey... 
talks with Josh. Josh feels like uh, Casey is act- treating her like he's a child. Uh, and Casey says, or like pretty much like suggests that like he is acting like a child. He's behaving emotional. like one, yeah. <laughs> um, which she's not wrong. Um, I mean, I, and at this point, I don't think his behavior is that out of line with typical challenge behavior. At this point, Casey is just done with Josh. And I feel like there's probably, th- this is definitely one of those cases where we didn't see the full story uh, because Casey pretty much, th- this is not not in line with her character of what we've seen on the show. It was, very, she, it was very weird. She was pretty much like, all right, we're not talking to each other the rest of the season. The alliance is over. What? Um, and so I wonder... I wonder what happened that we didn't see. I wonder if, like, Josh had... Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I, I have no clue. I really have no clue. Like, it's just this fight over Amber, Josh, over Amber that Josh is upset about. And, like, I mean, I get why he... Like, they had a pretty good thing going. Let's just keep putting in these rookies. We've got all this time we can buy. Like, I don't see... I almost think he... Um, because, like, on War of the Worlds 2, it's always a question if Josh doesn't pull the trigger on Wes in Episode 3, just what kind of happens to everybody from that point on, if they're just able to little kind of snowball from there. Um, so I think him seeing Fessy again pull the trigger early like he did earlier may have launched a particular, like, trigger off for him. And then it's also, like, I just don't, like, I, I can see why he's upset. And I, I don't get, I, but I also don't get why Casey makes almost no efforts to make amends, seemingly. And that it's just done. It was very weird to me. Yeah, and I mean, that could be a lot of it. We, we've seen Casey countless times be the peacemaker uh, for the people in the Big yeah. Brother Alliance. Um, and it's interesting why this time she's just decided to not include uh, Josh in the Alliance. Like, is she just confident in her numbers otherwise? That has to be what it is. Like, she thinks she doesn't need Josh because she's not stupid. Like, she's one of like the smarter people on the show politically. Um, I, don't, I, I, I put like very few people I, ahead of her. I mean, she could be confident in that she could also be wrong. Like we've seen plenty of people be wrong about where people stood in the house if, before. If you had to, if you had to bet on Casey's side or Josh's side, who are you gonna? Who are you gonna? I, I really on? think that like that Josh side of the house. Once you, if it, if it does split, where it's Josh and Amber and then their crew, and not even really Amber because Amber doesn't have any connections, but it's Josh's side over there and it's Casey and Fessy's side on the other side. I really think Josh has the hold on this one. I agree. I'm, if I had to bet who's going further in the game. <clears throat> Between Josh and Casey, I'm saying Casey's going further for sure. Oh, I'll take that bet. Really? How much do you want to bet? I actually would too. Fifteen bucks. Uh, fifteen. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Okay. I, would, I would be willing to do more too, but I feel like we never really go above fifteen. Let's do fifteen. <laughs> All right. I think that's a Where good bet. We, for do we have a Josh versus Fessy bet? Do we have a Nelson versus Fessy bet? I think Josh goes. For, I think Fessy's done for soon. I really do. I really do too. I just don't, I don't think. He has the numbers. I don't think he has the connections. I think the you rest don't? of it. Like we always see, we've seen it. We saw him talking this episode, but it was all like the girls' side of the house who like aren't just aren't going to have as much stake to keep him around as the guy's stake. Why don't will they have, have as much stake? Him. Why don't they have as much stake? Because he's on, on the like, but for the other side of the house, whether they're good or bad, typically it like if like if we're in the game and we're on the male competition side of the house, obviously, whoever's there in the female competition side of the house is like. Irrelevant, largely, if they're good or they're bad. Say that again. 
Like, to, it doesn't matter as much if the other side of the house, like, if you're the men, the woman, if you're the woman, the men. It doesn't matter as much how good or bad they are. It matters your side much more because you're competing against your side. The other side you might be paired with, but outside of that, they're competing against the each other. The women still yeah. have a vote, though. I don't, I don't care what you're saying. It's not like you have to vote with your partner, and they still count, count just as much well, as Well, you have to vote in a pair. Yeah. No, but you have to vote in a pair. Like, you have to vote, like, you have to vote a pair into elimination. Like, they're going to care more about Fessy's partner yeah. than him. Yeah, and I feel like in this particular game, Fessy has almost zero male allies at this point. So if you're a male vet or even a rookie male at this point, he doesn't have one anymore. It was Josh. That's it. I mean, Nelson, we even forgot about his beef with Nelson. Nelson does not like him. Corey's siding with Nelson over him. Devin's siding with Josh over him if he and Josh are really done. CT is definitely not keeping him around or Kyle. Like, I don't don't see where that's coming from. Fessy is in the Jordan spot. Of total madness, like he's a good yeah, competitor. That's a good, that's a good He's a good competitor who's got no help, and the only help he's got right now is Casey, and maybe Nani because of Nani's relationship with Casey. But aside from that, nobody's got his back now, and that was why it was so stupid, yeah, in my opinion. That is why it was so stupid, in my opinion, that he put Amber B in because he pissed off the one guy who had his back. And if the one person who has your back says, know. please don't do this, don't fucking do it. It's that simple. And it's one person who had a lot of other connections, too. Yeah, like, I mean, we all universally thought that was a terrible move. And didn't mm-hmm. I also... Like, no, you, you, go ahead, go ahead. Like, we all thought it was a terrible move. Like, we didn't think he should do it. We all thought it was too soon. Um, like, there... There really wasn't any reason for him to do it. But at the end of the day, I also don't get why Josh is so up in arms about it, which numerous people have brought up to. Like, I just don't like it's Amber B. Like, who the fuck cares? Like, she like who, like she, she has no no one else on her side. She has no one included in her alliance. Um, when she even like brought up this episode, what she's going to do moving forward. We didn't really get an answer. So, I mean, b- both, both ways, I, I don't really think, think that they uh, acted correctly. I think Josh is looking at the potential female partners for the final and he's looking at Amber going, well, she just won the final. Nani came in third. Ashley's a powder keg. And then you just go down the list. Amanda is bipolar at times with her decision making and her emotional outbursts. I'm looking at that. I think female she's pretty cast. consistent with her decision making. Yes, but no. I'll, I'll agree to disagree on that. Uh, but I think he's looking at who he might run a final with, and Amber is what he feels is his best chance at winning if he goes to a final and it's a pair's final. I think that's where his head was, is like, my best chance to win is having her as my partner, and that's why he was so pissed. But he thinks he's going think... to be partners with her throughout the rest of the season? Like, I mean, it's episode I think that's four. what he we wanted. Have, like... I think that's what he wanted. I I could see that. I think that's a bad reason if that is. I really think a different reason and a better reason is just we've had the veterans are steamrolling right now. Why are we taking this train off the tracks? You you can't, like, with with any of these things, you can't just take a slight detour and then hope to get back on the tracks. Once you pull the train off, like, it's not very easy to push it it back on. Like, if you're the one who's doing the pushing, then the other people are going to be pushing it right back on top of you. I don't know. It might be easier than we think because that's pretty much what's happening right now. The train went right back on the tracks and it seems like it's going to go that way again next week. Um, so like maybe, and I think, so if he does that against 
someone else beside Amber B, it probably goes different. And I feel like that, like if we're honest about this, that probably factored it into his decision, right? Like he knows no one has Amber B's back in the house and that no one's, and yeah, and no one's going to be like super up in arms, especially on the male side about him throwing an Amber B. Well, again, but outside of Josh, who's his main male ally and his connection to the rest of the house. But like, think about it. Like literally no one else, we didn't get anyone else like saying that they felt slighted about this. And it's like, oh, this is now the end of the veteran alliance. We didn't get like one single confession Mm -mm. about that. Nope. Tori was the only one that says, well, you know, Amber's technically a vet. That was the closest we got to it. (laughs) (laughs) She's been getting a lot. They've been giving her a lot of like the third person narration so far. It's been a lot of her, Nelson and Nani who have just been kind of chiming in on people. I haven't gotten as much from Nelson on that. It's de- I I definitely noticed it with Tori tonight. Um, like they're sprinkling sprinkling her in a lot just when they don't need to, right? It, it, could, yeah. it could go to anyone. We're getting a lot of kind of what she's thinking about what's going on in the house. Um, like any you don't think as much on. with Nelson. How many confessionals did he have this episode? How many did he have? I think Huey had more than he did. <laughs> For sure. I don't know for three. So it was been more of a down episode. Log- so Logan and Gabo took most of them. Three on the challenge is like nothing, right? No, it, it really is a 90 minute episode. Oh, maybe not this episode as much. 90 minute episode when they just do a bunch of short confessionals, too. Yeah. I mean, this episode, so for the confessional breakdown, real quick, Logan had the most by far with 13. Then, Ga- then Tori was seven, and then Gabo was six. And then nobody else was above four. Tori had how many? She had seven. Yeah, I mean, that's a ton. In an episode where she really wasn't involved she, yeah, she, in like, any way. Her, the only thing she did was hit on Emmanuel for a second. Um, did we what, did we learn anything major from the mission that we didn't already know? Not really. We kind of got the... I guess we got a repeat of how good Berna looked when in her elimination I thought she was... You know, like it wasn't anything special either way. Um, so we got that. I mean, Emmanuel, they've been really trying to highlight as a good competitor throughout. So I don't think that was unique in any way. It does seem like uh, Casey has improved somewhat on her math skills since yeah. uh, uh, Total Madness because Emmanuel yes. and her were the first team to be able to get to the point where they were able to put their puzzles together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is interesting to see. If how, how would we rank in terms of just performance and mission? It's not necessarily standing in the house. If we just looked at all the pairs as they stand right now, who would be the ones we particularly pick out to be major threats to win missions going forward? For pairs? Yeah. CT uh, and Berna have to rise them? to the top. I think Fessy and Esther should be number one. Yeah. Yep. And then I would probably pick Berna's two. I would say that Esther... Esther is definitely better than Burden is. I would say uh, the types of missions that we've seen to this point. Um, I think Ed and Tori are also very capable. I'm not exact. I'm not exactly sure who's holding who back in that group. I think it would probably be Tori's holding that group back more than Ed is. Well, I think um, Emmanuel and Casey. I'd put above them. I would agree. Um, those would be the four that stick out initially. Ashley and Josh, I think could, if they stumble into the right kind of mission, could be the same thing with Amanda and Kyle. I think they both kind of play into similar strengths. I think if they stumble into the right kind of mission, they could be good. 
I mean, it doesn't seem like uh, Nelson is going to break his streak in the foreseeable future. Uh, it seems like yeah, he'll he'll get strong. one eventually this season. Yeah, I mean, a, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Uh, I mean, they really just don't have much incentive to try right now. It seems like I don't know why CT yeah, was running for they, so hard. That's what I mean. Like, if they don't really have an incentive to try, like, I mean, they still want to. They're still apparently wanting to do it. Like, Kyle's like willing to backstab Devin last episode. CT's winning for no reason at all. When it can only I, I really think like the Kyle with Devin thing was he just like didn't want to burn a bridge with anybody else. I, I really don't think it was him trying to win. I know he said that in his confession. I just don't buy it. I mean, I think he if he would if that was his actual reason that he didn't want to burn a bridge with anyone else, I think he would have said that. I mean, in well, the aftermath, he specifically said that he had just made a deal with Esther and Anissa to not put one back on them if they didn't on him. So he was. That, that was what he said and on that show, which is a little bit less edited than this show is. Um, uh, I really, this is, this is kind of going back to, this is why I really liked on War of the Worlds one where they expanded the winner's group more outside of just one pair. I just think if you extend it down to three, first of all, you'd get more contention in like the votes. Right now, all the votes are just one pair member says one thing, the next one agrees and that's it. There's no actual like there's no conflict back and forth at all. And then it gives a lot more people incentive to try in the missions because now you actually have second and third are open and you get power out of it instead of just first. Well, I mean, I don't even think that really does it. I mean, it does it to some extent, but I've seen people bring it up in Discord. It helps, but really what you do, and I've seen people bring it up in Discord and someone brought uh, it Fra- up. In the Frank brought up a great idea on our draft too we should talk about yeah. too. He brought it up and it's that's his name. Yeah, Frank, he, he was when we had our uh, fantasy football draft this Monday night, Frank had a, a very good idea for elimination. You so. have to you have to at least try making it so the bottom team or one of the bottom three teams are the people who go in for elimination. And that mm-hmm. at least gives you some incentive to not want to like finish last, right? But then at the same time we get th- th- I mean there were seasons where that was the case, and we see people just wanting to like be like right in the middle. Remember? Well, so what Frank of- said, what Frank was saying was that if you're not in the bottom half of the teams, then you're not eligible for elimination. So yeah, only I the bottom half is eligible to be put, is eligible to be put in on one of the votes. I forget which one he said, but if you're in the bottom half, then you're eligible. If you're in the top half, you're not. Yeah. Greg you're basically also doing the- if it, this is something I had talked about too. Go ahead. I can explain it real quick, but just basically that you have the winners pick a team and then you have the house vote in a team and then you have the last place team. The three of those play rock, paper, scissors, draw skulls, whatever. And then the one who there's one of them who escapes the elimination, the other two go in. Trey. Yeah, no, what I was saying is, is it's very much the free agent style just without the, um, the, the kill cards. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. And I think it worked for free agents really well because some missions, half the house was eligible. Other missions, everybody but the winning two were eligible. So, I mean, it really threw for some interesting politics depending on how all that shook out. So I'm very much in favor of that. The one area I disagree with you on, Rob, is I hate the Troika stuff. Like, I really do. I mean, other than immunity, I feel like if you win a daily mission... If you're if you're the winner of a daily mission, you should get a reward beyond immunity. And if they're not going to do, quote unquote, reward challenges where you get a prize or something, the prize is power. And so it incentivizes you to do everything you can to win 
if you want the power. The problem is, is a lot of these vets don't want the power. <laughs> they don't want to have that target on their back. But they're about to have to because once they, I mean, these rookies, they're about gone. I mean, they're very close to being gone. So now they're going to have to try. They're going to have to get the power because otherwise they're very vulnerable. I mean, if you're Kyle right now, you've got to feel vulnerable once there's no more rookie males to throw in. Uh, if you're Devin, you probably feel that way, but he's pretty entrenched politically, so maybe not. But I know CT's going to feel the heat, and I know Fessy's going to feel the heat. If you're the producers, has this season gone like as poorly as possible? For you? No, you, no, no. I, I think this this episode was not good. Like it, it was a weird episode. It was just things happened that weren't great. But I, I think that's we like we said we liked last week's episode. We liked the first two episodes. We've had two below average episodes out of five. One so was like one of the worst episodes in like years. It was uh, really I think bad. that's this strong. episode. Like I think you're really forgetting some of these things. Like episode three. Episode three was like absolutely like atrocious. Like I was like ready to fall asleep. Episode three was terrible. Yeah. I, I actually think I might be higher on this episode than the two of you, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think like it, it wasn't great, but I, I just mean I'm not even talk like I'm not even talking about the overall quality of the episodes. The overall quality of the episodes has been very poor. What I'm talking about is all of these people, new people that they're bringing in, who they want to try and build some storylines around and build their audience from by showing this in other countries are going home. None of them are sticking around. None of them are doing well. That's what I'm concerned with. <laughs> yeah, and it's disappointing too because I actually think some of them have, like I've been entertained when they've been on TV. I like to. I liked Kellis a little bit. We got him. I like Tasha. I like Esther. Like I like a lot of these people when they've been able to be on TV, but it's just they've gotten, a lot of them have gotten two or three episodes and then they're out. Uh, so that, that that is a disappointment for them. I mean, I th- it's one of those things where they definitely shot themselves in the, in the foot with how they set this season up. Like it should have been I always wonder, how much do you think they game out these formats? Like, do they test these out at all in terms of, like, all right, if we just logically work through this, how we're proposing it, how is this going to play out? Like, do you think they do that at all? Or there's min- I bet there's minimal time put into this. Like, very minimal time. Which is because it has such a huge effect on the product. I bet they don't put, think about it that much. They, they probably and why, don't. And that's why you see subtle adjustments from season to season, right? Yeah. Because... because I bet you they just think about what happened last season and they're like, how can we tweak it a little bit, right? And that's why we haven't really seen radical changes in formats. We haven't seen anything like super wild and out of left field. I, mean, I think War of the Worlds 2 was a pretty radical change. I even think some of the stuff that in War of the Worlds 1 was a pretty big change. On Total Madness, the Skulls was a pretty big addition, even if we did not like how they played out. Yeah, I would actually was- disagree with you, Evan. Evan, really, really strongly there. I think that it has been very little adjustment from double agents to this one. And double agents as a whole was so boring that it just feels like it's been multiple seasons. <laughs> the thing is, the, the it's thing been is, long though, too. Me, like, it's been long. World, World of Worlds 2 was different from what they've done, like, in this more recent period. But how different is that from, like, some of the other stuff that they've done in the past, right? Like, it was just a team season. Uh, well, they, here's the thing. The last well, how time different we had their format. That point, then. I mean, free agents was really different. The duel is really different. Um, I don't think I, I don't think free agents is that different from like the duel. I think it's very different, but I'll, I'll disagree with you on that. There, uh, the other one that I think we have to keep in mind with the World of Worlds two format. The last time they had a two team format of any kind was the ruins. 
And so it had been almost 10 years since they did a true team challenge. So it did feel fresh. And the problem we have had since Dirty 30, Dirty 30 was like the last like real original format, you know, in terms of like, oh, this feels different. Um, but it was more of like a, an amalgamation of several different season formats. It was like free agents bundled with, um, uh, what you call it? Free agents bundled with, um, access to, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. It was, that was what it was where, and then you get to vendettas, which was just batshit awful. And then final reckoning, I, I really... final reckoning was just atrocious. And then you get to War of the Worlds 1 where there was a good course correction, but it wasn't that original of a format aside from the pairs became individuals. War of the Worlds 2 was the team challenge, but it was radically different compared to anything for almost 10 years. Then you get to Total Madness, and aside from the Skulls twist, nothing real revolutionary there. Double Agents, that was revolutionary to do partner switching. And then this season is basically Double Agents 2 Electric Boogaloo, except there's no rogue agent crap, thank God. So, Well, my thing is, like, I don't think that the formats they did it before were that different. I think compared to any other reality show, they have exceptionally more variety in formats compared to Survivor, compared to Big Brother, compared to Amazing Grace. I think there are much bigger differences. I mean, the number of people who win on the challenge actually changes season by season, which for any of those shows is almost universally not the case yeah okay so yeah well the challenge sometimes has two winners one winner four winners nine winners yeah that's a big part of the format though it's mostly two and one i mean it's mostly it's not universally though and how those two and one are determined is very different like any other show it's like the same format season by season if i'm the producers and i'm not necessarily just focusing on the format i'm just talking about everything in general if i'm the producers like I'm going to everyone that works for the show, getting them in a room, and I'm like the uh, Billy Bob Thornton in Armageddon when they're trying to figure out how to like blow up the asteroid, and I'm saying any idea that you ever had that you've written on the back of a napkin or thought up in a dream, let's hear it right now. Yep, because I think that's where we're at. I, I, I think, think so honestly, too. I think in a lot of ways they've gotten too creative. You know, like, I feel like we're struggling. Like I feel like we're struggling to talk about this shit. You know what I mean? Like we're fucking. I, dead I, right I now. really think that I, I, we I apologize are. to everyone listening right now. This is like the fucking <laughs> flattest episode I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> the like, we, just... should, we, we at least need to like try and like put on a performance for everyone, like in spite yeah. of everything that's going on. Go I, mean, yeah. I really, really should have just made uh, Gabo situation jokes for fifteen minutes and then gotten out of here. But, Probably um, okay. But let let me do uh, some let me do some hard color commentary here on this. Okay. So I want to hear I want to hear your like Skip Bayless like takes on this right now. Like I want to just hear you just like rip. What it. they need to do is rent a <laughs> rocket ship and do this in space. That's a Skip Bayless take. <laughs> Let me give you a realistic take now. A lot of the problem is the format name of the season doesn't tell you shit as a casual viewer. Okay, that's true. Spies, lies, and allies. What the fuck does that mean? Double agents. What the fuck does that mean? Total madness. Really, what the fuck does that mean? Now, think about popular seasons. Rivals. Got it. The people are rivals. Cool. Battle of the exes. Oh, we've got two exes paired together. Holy shit, that's going to be combative. War of the worlds. Oh, great. We've got people from all different countries competing. Got it. 
Dirty 30. Don't know what the fuck it means, but it's got a triple X logo. I'll check it out. You know, the lot of the issue they're going here is I think that it's not so much the game format, but the name of the season means a lot to a casual viewer. No matter how shitty this show is, the hardcore people are going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. You're going to watch it. Rob's going to watch it. You might binge watch it instead of watch it weekly, but yeah. you're eventually going to get around That's to watching it. In order to grow the show, you've got to hook people with things that are easy to grasp. And if you're a channel surfer who has watched the challenge in the past and you come across Spies, Lies, and Allies, you don't know what the fuck's going on when you see this. It, it is a really bad name. And so it's terrible. That is why the reason that Rivals was successful, Battle of the X's was successful, Invasion of the Champions is successful is the name of the season alone gives a casual viewer enough of an idea of what is going on that they can then spend the rest of their time absorbing the storylines. Spies, Lies, and it, Allies? It is, a, it, is a, it is an atrocious name. Like, I don't even know if we talked about how bad... Like, the, I, They've had a lot of trouble naming seasons recently, too. How many names have been changed? Like, I mean, We had War of the Worlds 2, which was supposed to be Bloody Hell, but then MTV didn't want that on their guide info i guess so it makes all these weird things when tj's talking about it then remember total madness was like battle for independence or Uh something it was battle for independence originally and it's just a weirdly like kind of takes you out of it when there's like no actual thing saying total madness i wouldn't know it's Mm -hmm. called total madness they didn't splice tj's name and i do think like I mean, there were a lot of other reasons why Rivals was successful let's, besides having the name Rivals. Like, let, there, are, there are a lot of other things that go into it, but I do think it is not great. Let's bring bring this up in the context of this conversation, too. That two weeks ago was the lowest rated episode in the entire history of the show. Last week's episode was the second rated, lowest rated episode in the history of the show. Like, I mean, they're just struggling to, like, keep people on board, right? And I think it goes back to what I've said this whole, like the last two or three seasons, and that, sure, the ratings may have been good at the time, but you're judging the process on the results and not necessarily the process in and of itself, right? My argument has always been, it's like, yeah, they're good, but can they be better, right? There's the hidden evidence involved, and I think it's finally catching up to them. I I really think the ratings issue is like 95% of the time slow. I really do. I just think if you look previously at seasons that have rated well and seasons that haven't, seasons that air in the spring time slot, if you look on that list of like the recent seasons, have always rated better than the ones that mm-hmm. rated in the fall. And there's also not a significant correlation, at least to me, and maybe my perception of just audience view on things is just wrong. But like the lowest rated episode outside of this season was the War of the Worlds 2 episode 5, which was the episode after Benedict Laurel on War of the Worlds 2. We also like, don't know what what else was going on at that period of time too. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's sure, what it comes but, down to it. it that, uh, that's never going to change. You're always going to be battling for eyeballs in some way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? You like, can do a better job than they did this time. This this was what are they going to What are they going to do? Like keep don't the, air the over top of Big Brother and subsequently Survivor. That's an easy one. I know. Well, I know. But dude, but go like th- that's the thing though. Like they're not like they're not quick enough to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to handle that. Like so, are no. they just going to no- now start showing it on different days? Because the show yeah. has been airing, they, the show has been airing like alongside Big Brother and Survivor for a long time too. Survivor's been on Wednesday nights for like years, so like in it, like I'm assuming Big Brother has too. Yeah, here's the biggest. So that issue. hasn't changed. 
here's the biggest issue with the ratings. Throw away the overall rating, okay? That's really irrelevant at this point. The rating that they care about is the 18 to 34 demographic. Survivor does not get a great rating in the 18 to 34 demographic. Big Brother does not get a great rating in the 1834 demographic. Their viewership trends older. Now, with the challenge, since they care the most about the 18 to 34 demographic, their problem is is that All Elite Wrestling is the highest rated 18 to 34 demographic show on cable now. And they're head-to-head with AEW Wrestling every week, and that company has so much momentum right now. For those of you who don't watch wrestling, they had CM Punk return, who hasn't been around in seven years, and he's a huge ratings draw, and their ratings have gone up. They just signed two huge people away from WWE who just debuted this past week, and tonight was their first appearance on their show Dynamite that airs head-to-head with the challenge. I would not be shocked if tonight's episode becomes the lowest rated episode ever in that demographic because of everything that's happening with what is now the number three show on cable. That's not news. Because like, I mean, we even like, we've even talked about it with our patrons. Like we have a lot of patrons who are wrestling fans. You know what I mean? So it's clear that they're competing with those people. You know what I mean? Like this is like pretty, this is an issue. It's it's also pretty logical. Like, I think the way that the challenge actually builds stories is pretty similar to wrestling. That it's very rivalry based, very mm-hmm. like building up a rivalry and then having it culminate in a climax at the end of it. Like that's one of the things I really enjoy mm-hmm. about the show is when they're, they're able to pull yeah. that off. With. When um, so it it does make sense as a logical like competitor for it. So it's one of those situations where I think the challenge is at a point where they need to think about Tuesday nights because there's not an eighteen to thirty four. Um, show on that they compete with. They just have to do it. They have to move it. They, I don't think they have any any choice. Because what are they going to do? Because like, how, how many years has it been since they've been competing with Survivor and Big Brother on the same night? Like how long? Oh, Survivor's like, been on Wednesday nights for a long time. I Does think seasons that, usually are over top of each other, though. Yes, they often overlap because Survivor yeah. usually does two seasons a year, so they usually overlap yeah, always, at least, except for so, last year. I think that if, if if I remember correctly, the challenge started airing on Wednesdays around the ruins. No. So since the- I, I, I remember Invasion was on Tuesdays. Okay, maybe it's fluctuated some because I remember when the challenge first aired, it was always Monday night at 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock. It was one of the two. Uh, or maybe it was 8 o'clock and they aired a repeat of it at 10. So... Um, I vividly remember that Monday night was challenge night and then Tuesday was the real world and Wednesday or Thursday was road rules. And that was kind of their cycle as road rules dropped. I think the challenge moved around before it finally settled on Wednesdays. But a lot of it is, is their built in audience is picking something else, which says a lot. The casual viewing audience of the challenge is either not turning on the television, they're DVRing it and they're watching AEW live. Because it is, it's a right, live Rob. show in a live arena. All right, Rob, you, you have your meeting with Buna Murray. You get one chance <laughs> to pitch to them your big idea on what's going to save the show. What What are you telling them? You get one idea. What are you telling them? That is a rough one. Like, what, what am I coming in with? Full resources to present the idea, or is it you get just one like idea? You can do anything you want, Rob. Anything. I'm you saying got it's a like napkin. one note card. I'm sliding across the You've table. You've got a napkin. That no, you're you've telling been them. You, get, you got it. 
you got to sell this to them. This is going to save the fucking show. Like we're ready right. to like get this knocked off the fucking air. You're in there. I think you're going to tell me to do it. Someone overreacting re- in that. No way. fucking shit. But this is how we're trying to save this podcast episode. So go. <laughs> um, I mean, I really say we take the budget that we're putting into explosions and helicopters and fuel. We put that primarily into the cast. First of all, we can save some of it. We, we can all agree that, on this. We can all yeah. agree on this. We take this, we identify high value added cast members and then pay them what they want. If we need to have some fillers outside of that, that's fine. Pay them whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Just identify those people, pay them what they want, get a diversity of them too in terms of like, you know, people who represent different demographics, people who come from different parts of the show. Like we want people who have been on for like like frequently. There's history with but then we also want like your coral coming from nowhere type people. We want, you know, strong. To, uh, but there's, but in the same way there, there's a lot of history there too. You know what I mean? So like, I think I've heard people say that Johnny has talked about this on his podcast and I haven't listened to it, but one of his big criticisms is who the fuck are these people? Who are mm-hmm. these rookies? Like, why should anyone care? And yeah. that he said, and I'm just saying what I've heard other people say that he was like, you just had all stars. It was a wild success. And you don't bring any of these people on these show and put a bunch of these rookies on who no one's ever heard of and don't care about. So I would agree. I think that's yeah. the number one thing. Trace, would you concur? Yes, except I, I say there's two things you have to do in addition to the cast, okay? So take that $3 million you're spending on Pyro and put it in the cast. You know why? $3 million means everybody gets a $100,000 appearance fee, Okay. That's that's a good payday to show up and leave episode one if you're Johnny Bananas or Wes or whomever, okay? That's a huge payday to show up and be gone in a couple weeks if that's what you want to do. On top of that, the next thing you have to do, you have to have other shows in the universe on MTV being featured on the challenge. One of the biggest issues we've had is that the challenge started between the real world and road rules cast members. Okay. Now a veteran is considered someone who's been on the challenge more than two seasons. So let's say that you are someone who loves the real world and you were just in love with Bruno. You thought Bruno hung the fucking moon. You don't really watch the challenge, but you think Bruno is going to be on the challenge and you see him advertised. You're probably going to watch the fucking challenge at that point to see Bruno. There are no feeder shows on MTV giving them any cast members anymore. So you need to find some budget and not just put it on Paramount Plus. You need to consider putting all stars. I mean, let it run on Paramount Plus, but you also need to run all stars on MTV. You need to find a way yeah. to bring the real world back if you can or road rules like they've said some they were going to do. They need something. Um, I mean, hell, but even be- are you the one? they at least were known entities coming in. At the end of the day, there's still, it's still about the characters, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's what's driving this. And I I think they've lost sight of that. At at the end of the day, it's the cast. That's what people tune in for. They're not turning, tuning in for explosions. They're not tuning in for formats. They're not tuning in for twists. They're tuning in to see people they want to see interact and compete. We were, we were talking about that like bullshit dating uh, 
like show that took place in like a like a ski lodge or something. What was it called? X on the peak. The oh, X on the X on the peak. X on the peak. Right. Like I had never heard of this before. You guys told me that Laurel was on it, and in my mind, I was like, oh fuck. Like I might want to like tune in for a little bit. I have no in- like I have no interest in these like bullshit dating shows. But Laurel's on it. I'm gonna like actually think about fucking watching it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do think with like we have a stronger connection to those characters. I think what they've been trying to do is to take that connection that people feel with characters from outside the MTV universe and then bring them into the show. Whether they've been successful or not, you know, it's case by case. That's fine. Like, I think that bringing in the Survivor and Big Brother people is smart, okay? Like, I actually fully endorse this. The thing that I that is difficult for me to explain right now is the majority, the majority of this cast is people no one in the United States has ever fucking heard of and they make most of their money from the United States audience. Mo- the casual U.S. viewer turns on and sees Gabo and goes, fuck this guy, and turns a, ta- uh, turns a channel. I, I think people are trying to find Gabo. So that's, that's the issue. Like, th- if they're trying to like bring these other people uh, on that are big characters on the other shows, they definitely fucking failed when it came, comes to Survivor. Like, no one cares about Tommy. Like, no one cares about Michaela. Like, no one cares about Jay. Like, if you're going to, like, b- try and bring in some firepower from these other shows, fucking do it. Uh, I, people really not care about Jay at all. No, do you compare to some other people from Survivor that they could bring on? Come on. Like, like I, I, I don't know. Like, bring on I, Tony, dude. Bring him on. Like, who gives a fuck? Who's not going to be on board for that, dude? It's like, just not going to happen. Like, dude, like people on Survivor here that Tony's going to be on another show, you don't think people are going to tune in for that? People would. It's kind of like Boston dude, Rob. Boston Rob's 42, okay? Boston Rob has shown he's a reality show whore. He did Amazing Race twice. He did Celebrity Poker. You just throw enough money at him, these people will show up. Like, he might dude, not Boston be any Rob good. Is, it's just, it's just, I just can't see it happening. I mean, there, it's just not the... Look at how old some of the people are on All-Stars, dude. That's a different like show. You, yeah, I know, but people talk about bringing them on the challenge. Well, they, they didn't. They so, should. Wait, did you say Boston Rob's 42? Boston Rob's way older than that. Oh, no, he isn't that much older. He's 45. He's, okay. Like, for, for, Still. For some reason, I thought he was like like almost in his 50s or even like no, in his 50s. No, and he's still in really good shape. Like, he's not a dude who's, like, gotten, you know, the, the dad bod like yours truly has because I used to be in shape, believe it or not. <laughs> four years ago, I was in shape. I'm not in shape anymore. Uh, and so, um, the, I mean, those are the types of things that, like, if you're going to spend the money on the cast, you know, take that $3 million you're spending on explosions and written Lamborghinis and TJ's wardrobe, because, I mean, they're putting him in some pretty expensive stuff now, whereas he used to show up in biker shorts and a T-shirt and a hat with Monster that I'm sure Monster was paying him to do. Um I mean, those are the types of things that you take that money and you spend it on the personalities because them, them cheap. I mean, if they're paying more than 15 K for these international people to show up, it was a waste of fucking money. (laughs) I really think that for, I think the cast members haven't, I think they've actually been pretty good in terms of what they brought to the show individually. I agree with you. I actually think they've done admirably. The problem is, is that the casual viewer in the United States, they're trying to hook doesn't give a fuck. 
I really think it's time slot. I think that's the, the majority of the Dude, ratings. The time slot doesn't affect how I fucking feel about this show right now. Oh, but we're thinking about two different issues then. Whatsoever. That's two different things. Like if, if he's talking about bringing in the casual talking viewer, that's both. talking about... We're talking about both. Well, but you have to separate out in terms of... Like, I, I think it's just entertainment is, value. I think the international cast members have been good. I think They've been competing about with Survivor and Big Brother on Wednesday night for years. Devin, it's been since War of the Worlds one that they've been on one that they've been on Wednesdays. What were what night were they before? Tuesdays. And what night okay. were they before that? Because they've changed quite a bit. I mean, it's the been, years. it was. I, I went all the way back to Invasion of the Champions. It was Invasion of the Champions up through Final Reckoning. I don't know before that. So the War, War that was War of the Worlds one was how many years ago? Four years ago? Three years? No, two. War of the Worlds one was in twenty nineteen. Oh, well, it feels yeah. like well, like double yeah, agents and everything. Twenty nineteen, longer. I'm looking at it right now. It feels like ten years. So why then have we not seen all of those episodes like be towards the bottom end? Then? Well, that happened over. Do that we know all time? of them are competing with Survivor Big Brother? I mean, this was also when a lot of those seasons. Like, I mean, like why weren't any of those Total Madness episodes in, on the same level then? Is there competing? Total with Madness before? is rating. Well, there's also incredible. nothing else going on. I mean, no, the they were head to head with winners at war. They were literally head to head with season four of Survivor in the world. That we were all at home. Yeah, but, but they like, were still what, choosing like, we're still to watch live. the challenge live. Yeah. That's the point. They were aired live. That's what we're talking about here. The ratings. I, mean, I I just think like any like there was no sports going on. There was no like anything going on. Like what else were people doing? <laughs> Dude, we're talking it's, about it's a live different world. Like, I don't know how to say this even, any differently. Even, even even before then, then so what was before? Uh, total, so War of the Worlds too, right? When COVID wasn't going on. Why weren't more the of those episodes? Were bad. Having, there the was, ratings weren't like, bad. In the top, no, there was that one episode that was in like the top. Someone sent out a list of like the top ten or whatever worst episodes, ranked episodes ever for ratings. And there was like what, like one for War of the Worlds two, two maybe. No, War of the Worlds two had the lowest rated one before this, and I had a couple others that were in that group. The ratings uh, were bad. So then, why why weren't War of the Worlds one in there too? Well, it's a different. I really think I'd want to look into it. And I, look, we're coming at this from a perspective where there's a lot of information I don't know. And I really, season by season, there is a noticeable difference, and that spring seasons rate better than fall seasons. I, I that that's something that is quantifiable. Like I, I could, I'm sure if we took the average rating for that, that would be borne out. Uh, I, I don't know what else was going on at that time. And it was two years, like you said, it felt like 10 years ago. It's been two. I don't know what else it was airing against. I don't know what the yeah. ratings for this other show were against. We know it wasn't rating against AEW, like Trace has mentioned a couple of times. They weren't. They were not running against ratings AEW. Back and then all of those. Yeah. Because, I mean, AEW is averaging like a 1.2 right now, and the challenge is hovering in the point sixes. But the challenge, just for total madness, they were regularly hitting 1.0s. I mean, I know part of that's pandemic, but Double Agents kept up a lot of that momentum, too. I mean, they had some episodes hit a million viewers. And so I don't know if it's because we're just oversaturated with the challenge, but I think at the root issue, there's three things that have occurred and they have to fix all three. There's no, Fixing just one of them isn't going to solve the problem. They need to go back to Tuesdays because AEW is just they're red hot and they're only going to get more popular as they suck viewers away from WWE. That 18 to 34 demographic is going to watch a live wrestling show over a tape challenge show if you watch both. I mean, I just feel that way. There are going to be some hardcore challenge fans that choose the challenge, but a casual viewer of the challenge is going to pick AEW if they like wrestling. That's just what's going to happen. 
the next thing they have to do is fix the casting because like we've talked about ad nauseum, like I, I truly believe it doesn't matter how good these, the, the foreign players are. I just think that the casual viewer doesn't care. And unless they've been around like a bear where your personality is so over the top and you are so entertaining to the point of, you can't deny like you can, if you were to show someone who's never seen the challenge before, but they like reality TV, if you go back to total madness and show them that whole bear Kayla situation with the offspring and um, Wes and Johnny taping Kayla's boyfriend to the ceiling while all that's going on, the fire extinguisher, they they are in, they are in, Like, Bear's one of the most charismatic people I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And then the third issue really boils down to me, the format problem. You know, they need to simplify the names of the season so that it's easy for a casual viewer to flip through and go, oh, the challenge is doing Rivals. Awesome. Uh, Vendettas. The season might suck in hindsight, but when you see the challenge Vendettas, you go, oh, these people have an axe to grind against each other. I'll watch that. Final Reckoning. Even though, again, a shitty season... The name of the season says a lot. War of the Worlds says a lot. Total Madness means nothing. Double Agents means nothing. Spies, Lies, and Allies really means nothing. I, I think that we need to separate it out into two separate things. I think the ratings is, again, I really think it's vast majority. Especially now that Trace has brought the AEW. I think that wasn't really something I was aware of. That does make a lot of sense, though, to me in terms of how that's sucking out viewers. For my personal enjoyment... Cast refinement's a significant part. For me, the format, I do think in hindsight, I think the season actually would have been a lot better if it was just formatted like World of Worlds. Sure. Like if it was international, if it was just rookies paired with vets and then there, yeah. there's no pair switching and then because then and they would think, actually be going at each other. I mean, what, what really ruined this season, like if you could like only change one thing about the format of the season, it would be not allowing them to pick any two people or the, the winners being able to pick any two people to go in, go in against the housefolk, and then yeah, they had to pick an actual problem. pair. That ruined the season. And I wonder, like, I like, what honestly, did they think they were going to gain by doing that? Like, what did they think like, was going to happen? It's just one of those things, like, oh, let's, let's, let's tilt the scales a little bit this way to see how it goes, and they just don't think through it fully or play it out in their mind of how that plays out. And they probably and also didn't anticipate think- the best would be this locked in with each other. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. I think that production was like, there's no way these vets will really cooperate. These people love to stab each other in the back when the time arises. And instead, they've actually held it together. So from a production standpoint, they are probably, when they were filming this season, praying for Fessy to do something stupid politically. They were waiting for Josh and Fessy to go at each other because you're just praying that something happens that shakes this up. Because right now it's chalk. Like, next week, I have no doubt there's going to be four rookies in that elimination. Like, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against that. No. I wish the they're... hope is that Fessy and Josh, like, like almost kill each other, and then one of, the, one of them happened to win the mission. But one of them's, dude, one of them's going to get sent home if that happens. Like, if yeah. They almost or both of them get sent home. Who knows? Uh, dude, honestly, that might be how all this ends. Like, uh, that, that, do you, you think so? What, both of them just like getting an actual fist fight? I think, I think Josh is more likely to instigate that than Fessy. Like, Fessy seems like he's been like pretty level headed about this, even, mm-hmm. even though he's made the wrong decision and like we don't agree with the decisions that he's made. 
like Josh seems like he's been more emotional about it. Like he was the one like oh, yeah. literally screaming yeah, at the top Josh. of his lungs at Fessy on the elimination ring. And then when we get back to the house, he's like crying with him. I don't know if he was actually crying, but like he was like outside talking with Amber B and Fessy was just kind of explaining to everyone in the house in that room, kind of like his thought process. Speaking of crying, we didn't even talk about Nisa like breaking her shoulder and then getting uh, DQ. I mean, what's there to say? Like, I mean, I feel bad for her. Yeah, I, 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 she, like, in my mind, she has no chance to win, or like next to no chance to win. Uh, I hope she's okay and feeling better. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. It, it's just one of the yeah. It just sucks to see. She was clearly very broken up about it, so it didn't seem like yeah. a, it seemed like a bad injury. It's never yeah. how you want to see. I'm anybody sure it hurt. Up, it looked as yeah, someone who has separated hurt. a shoulder. <laughs> as I've separated a shoulder, it fucking hurts. I don't care how much painkillers they give you. You hurt your shoulder, it fucking hurts. Like, period. How and do you think she hurt it? Falling. I think she tried to, like, catch herself falling. She fell Is that what it was? Because the wall. And, like, I think she tried to, like, brace herself on the fall, and it just popped out. So you mm-hmm. think it was on the brace? Because one thing I noticed, too, was when she, like, like, she when she fell down, she seemed like she was about to fall, and she tried to, like, catch herself. And I wonder if that, too, if that was what separated. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it did, it did seem rough, and she seemed, yeah, she was very disappointed with that. So that, that's also obviously sad to see. But we, we didn't, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Though honestly, I feel like we're from this episode. What will we remember in a few weeks? We'll remember that probably, or remember Gabo or the situation. He's not even part of the show. Yeah, and then maybe Huey screaming for no reason in deliberation. What if they just bring the yeah. situation on? They've thought about it apparently. I mean, I heard that the reason they didn't is. Money. They had an opportunity to bring on the Jersey Shore. Oh, dude. The That's the thing. That is what kept this Wasn't happening. Wasn't he like selling hubcaps for money? Well, uh, nowadays, dude, you know, could like... bring them on. Uh, here's the thing. The challenge, yeah, exactly. missed, the challenge missed the hugest opportunity in the world in what we would consider one of the golden ears of the show. During the cutthroat through like Battle the X's, the Jersey Shore was like the number one most talked about reality show on the planet. Like every fucking body saw an episode of the Jersey yeah. Shore. And even if you hadn't, you fucking knew what a Snooky was. Okay, that's, I'm using the F word a lot tonight. Maybe I need to put an explicit notice here. I, maybe it's the whiskey. Are we have or just my general moment. Like we should. Like, yeah. I, like we just need to. Like it's going to yeah. like make a better show for us. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but they had an opportunity to bring the Jersey Shore cast on. And the reason they didn't do it is it was cost prohibitive because those people were getting like $25,000 an episode to do the Jersey Shore. Guess Some what? of them were getting up Guess to what? 100 grand an episode for the Jersey Shore. How much are they getting now? Guess what? Uh, nothing much, close much to less. that. And I'm guessing that's why they're working again. So yeah. guess what the situation's net worth peaked at? $2.4 million. Gonna blow everyone's minds. <laughs> That's your hint. Oh, it's like ten million then, isn't it? Rob. Fourteen. Ten. Ten yeah. million dollars that Jabroni was worth. Yeah. How crazy is that, dude? I mean, it kind of makes sense to me, honestly. Like how much is like a TikToker worth these days? Guess what? Guess it, what he said? Yeah, but this is before that. This is before social. Well, like, I know, like, but they were they had a little market to themselves in terms of being. You know, but see, that's the thing. When you go back to the classic Jersey Shore, the first season they got paid peanuts. The second, third, and fourth seasons they Dude, were getting like a hundred grand an episode. 
Dude, Vinny was so poor that like he almost had to go home the first season. He like had no money. Mm-hmm. Um, guess what? It says the situation's net worth is now. Oh, probably eight hundred grand. It's probably like in the negatives. It says three hundred grand. Yeah, I believe that. That's why he's back on the streets, dude. He's hitting the pavement again. Well, what? Let's what's get that him on. Sh- don't let's well, make I mean, a Vinny call. and um, Paulie D. Who was it? Who is it? Who's on the dating show with Vinny? The double shot of love. Uh, it's Pauly D. Yeah, Pauly D. Yeah, they have their own. They have. The, how much are they gonna pay for the dating show now? Less, less than most people would think. I'm guessing. Well, well, compared to a challenge cast member, how much are they getting paid? More than that, because it's more yeah. of a time commitment. I bet. I I feel you like bringing so? the Jersey Shore cast for a long time. I feel like bringing them on now is a waste of money. Like you're not gonna get any net gains from it. If you bring the situation on, dude, like that's I think not there's a there's a novelty to it that would just be intrigued. How 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 old are they? Oh, they're in their forties. They in have forties, I think. Situation was like old, dude. The situation. No, when he's he was on the, show, the situation when he was on the show was like in his early thirties, I think. He's only thirty nine. I mean, Lolo came on and was like that age. Yeah. Are you sure? I, I mean, 39? you could do I it. I have it right in front of me, Devin. Nine, July fourth, definitely. Or on July fourth, look at that. He's such so American. There you go. There he is, could yeah. be Pauly, on. Paulie uh, D is older than Paulie Paul D's. Paulie D's forty-one. I think there's a novelty to it that would at least be like. I mean, Vinny's only thirty-three. Vinny's young. But you see, here's the thing, and, and here's what I think happens. We talked about, if you haven't listened to the bonus episode, if you're not a Patreon, I would recommend doing it for these bonus shows, because in addition to getting the like, Chronicles... It's, it's $4. It's $4, You don't even... A pumpkin spice latte, if you get a venti, is 6 bucks now. So, I mean, come on. Help help a brother out. Help a brother out. I got kids, man. I got kids. I got shit to buy. Um, what this boils down to is... That's the people you put on the spinoff show Legends we talked about on Patreon. That's where the Jersey Shore really gives you your advantage is to sell that show. I don't think it helps the regular challenge at all. That's a good idea. That's that's actually a pretty good idea. I just want to talk about MTV feeders. Like, that's the MTV feeder. I think there is a novelty to it that would just be like... I mean, it would just be, you know... Yeah. Intriguing, like it's also. I mean, they're not. I I didn't realize they were that young. To be honest, I thought they were. Yeah. Much Neither did I. Here's the like, thing: for some can reason, you I imagine? The was much older. Can yeah. you imagine if in the Rivals Two era, if Situation and Pauly D were a team on Rivals Two? Oh. Like, can you imagine the ratings that would have occurred at that time? Well, it was Situation and Vinny. They kind of had Vinny. a thing out for each other for a little bit. Like, you would have had to like, pay. There was a period of time when, like, dude, there was a, a period of time when, like, no one liked the situation in the house. Like, he was like public enemy number one. Yeah, um, that's exactly what we need on the show. Do you remember, dude? Do you remember the episode? He'd be the new like, Paul. when he like headbutted a wall and he like <laughs> fucked up his neck, and so for a while he was like walking around with like one of those like neck the collar. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, how do you think he would do? I mean, they're older now. I can't imagine they're not well. The I think he'd do very. They well. would not do well. They would be thrown in very quickly. Yeah, they would be uh, right. I'm curious for the as to what the reaction in the house would be. Okay, I mean, can you imagine if the situation showed up now with Gabo? Gabo would like have a heart attack. 
Oh, dude, Gabo would have lost his mind if a member of the Jersey Shore was on this cast. It, it honestly may have been close to kind of what it, uh, it wouldn't have been close, but I don't know. Like, there may be some aspects that would be similar to like when T.O. was on. Uh, yeah, where, you know, like, he's the situation. Like, there was a period of time when like everyone know, knew who that guy was, you know, like, and when he was on Champs vs. All Stars, no one could have given a flying shit that he think, was on it. <laughs> do you think that? No, he he got actual airtime like that. That was on like when he fights with CT. That's on like actual ESPN, dude. I it still was. maintain. I, I wish that I had actually put that in my top six. In hindsight, it should have made it because that it is moment just crazy, right? Like the it, it's fact just that so... CT punked him out hard. Like it, and To had zero comeback, like zero comeback to it. And he quit the show because he got punked. What if they actually like throwing throwing hands and stuff? Like, what would have, I would just I would have think that CT would forever be a legend for being the guy that punched out TO because a lot of people really hate TO. CT would have been a god among men on ESPN. How much bigger is TO? He's a couple inches taller. TO he was in incredible shape that season too. He really he was. Like, he's always he was been in phenomenal shape. Dude, I remember when I was in college uh, and. We were like watching ESPN and this girl uh, came in the living room and she saw like Terrell Owens on TV and she was like, who is that? You know what I mean? Like he's always been like. When, he, in, when like, he's doing push-ups in the driveway when he's playing yeah, like, with the Eagles. In like the NFL where it's like the best athletes in the world. You know what I mean? Like he like still stood out amongst all of those people. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's, he, looked, he legit was about to go into like training camp. Or something like he, he was in he was trying for a comeback if I remember right and he was doing the show for that publicity so didn't work <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think he did very well for squashing any locker room concerns people may have had no if CT from the challenge punks you out that badly his NFL career was really dead after that so is he on the same season as Lolo or is that a different season different no, season. Lolo's chance versus pros yeah Lolo season one season yeah, Lolo was he season is on one the same season, season as Justina Valentina uh, and um, remember Riff Raff? Punk. Oh yeah, Riff. Oh god, Riff Raff. Probably <laughs> okay. If you, we're so off the rails, and who cares at this point? Uh, Riff Raff may be the worst person to ever be on the challenge ever, and that covers a what? lot of ground. Overall competitiveness, giving a crap, like. He I mean, plenty did of people not have care. quit before. Well, no, he didn't he just quit. He literally did not show up for an he elimination that he was contractually left. obligated to show up for because he wanted to go to a concert. I don't blame him. So something, right, this is something that's been bothering me for a while. What do you guys think about the uniforms this season? Because I think they're fucking terrible. This the, is something that they're wearing in the missions. Yeah, I think they're awful. Like I, like I think they notice them. That's that's something else that they kind of like gravitated for. Like they need to wear the same color as their partner. Like that they need well, to like, why did they switch from that? That is weird because now they just have like the helmet has like a stripe mm-hmm. on it's the same color, which it, is just it not needs, the same. They need to have the same uniforms. Since War of the Worlds no. one, they've moved to having kind of a monochromatic uniform yeah. setup, which I just always thought is about Under that. Armour still supplying the the uniforms because I haven't seen the Under Armour logo in a while. I, I guess the thing is, Devin, with everybody switching around partners, I think everybody's going to have like seventeen different colors of jersey. 
Oh, who yeah, cares? But, I mean, it, it takes it, five it minutes to create a new jersey. <laughs> it, it helps for the eliminations and it helps for the missions too. It just helps like keeping mm-hmm. in line. With I, yeah, I, I agree. I'm telling you, I, a hundred percent. If you ask them why, that's why they say it is. What would they say? Yeah. That everybody's switching around. We don't have. We can't you use this fuck. one. It takes like ten seconds. It, it does. It literally takes five minutes. What do you think? Why do you uniform. think they would say? We could. We could make these. We could make all these like ahead of the fucking time before the season even started, and make like seventeen different uniforms for each person, and just solve it. Let's get it, like thirty dollars a uniform. Who gives a fuck? Like it's you, literally I mean, no they're money. spending millions on pyro and they're gonna pinch pennies on t-shirts <laughs> i'm telling you i think it's what it is because like, exactly. on dirty 30 on dirty 30 everybody has because you need the orange the pink the blue the green i mean they did this before go back to free agents like literally you showed up to the mission in the all black and then depending on if it was a pair, a triad, or, you know, four teams or two big teams, they had different uniforms for each person that had their number and their name on the back. So they've done this before, before their budget exploded. Like, this is an easy thing to fix. Well, <laughs> it's also like you have, so you're going to have, you need to have 16 different colors at that point then. So? They didn't do, it doesn't I mean, matter. Here's, here's an idea. I like. I don't think it would be. It wouldn't be possible at this point in time. But the moment that the Miz like takes like a little bit more of a secondary role in wrestling, that it's not like his like full time career. They need to make him the host. I think that would just. Why not? He's gonna. He's got better stuff to do. We just talked about how we're gonna invest in the cast more. We don't need it. Like, let's do this in the U.S. Let's try it. And he doesn't even necessarily need to be the host. He just needs to be involved in the show in a larger way than he is right now. Because I think that would be huge. Did he really, like, bring in for Champs Versus when he was the host, though? It was a big deal because it got mainstream coverage that he was doing it, yes. It was a deal. I don't remember that as much. I remember the T.O. fight actually making pretty decent news. That I do remember. I don't know about... And Miz was Miz's reaction to that whole situation was one of the funniest moments of that whole thing. Watching him go... Like, <laughs> because I remember Miz did an interview during the season, and he said in that moment, he was like, T.O. doesn't know that C.T. would kill him. Like, that was Miz's response, yeah. is that T.O. Yeah. does not realize that C.T. would literally eat him for lunch. <laughs> yeah, I don't think T.O. did his homework before that one, probably. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's put this thing in the can. I mean, we went an hour and a half on this turd episode, so there you go. <laughs> We're not going to do Really, we rankings. should put a note that says, listen We're from not 40 do power minutes rankings? on. No. Okay. I have some hot takes on power rankings. No, we're done. Let's just end it. Like, I mean, we're, we're, like, Let's we, put like, old Yeller down. <laughs> we're going to end on top, Rob. Well, well, what are, you can tell us your hot takes. To get, like, I, wanna, I, I was, I was going to move Tori up here. to us. I was going to move Tori up to number one for the woman and Nani to two. How is that a hot take? You had her like super high before. I had her number. Th- I had her number three before. So you're it, no a hot that, take would her, be like, saying no, Rob. You had her no. like a couple weeks ago. You had her like number one or close to number one. Well, I thought people would be out on Tori. People are usually out on Tori. I thought bringing her number one would cause some fervor. No, like. Who- a hot take you would just, be, I'm putting Big T at number one. That would be a hot take. Yeah. And then I would call you an idiot. <laughs> Rob, you had her two. No, you had her number one the first episode of the season. 
I had her as my pick coming in, but I thought I thought bringing her back up to it would be a, a, a significant. You had her as n- number one, two out of the four episodes that we've done so far. I'm aware. Now it's three no, out of the I five. Don't, I don't think it's a hot take at all because she, like, she's pretty much like avoided like any like thing that like I- any backlash whatsoever for what happened in the one episode where she was in power. Um, what are your other hot takes or is that it? That was kind of it. That was it? All right. <laughs> okay, we need to end on a better note than that. <laughs> what else can we talk about? No, we um, we're 90 minutes in. The episode runs for 50. We talked about it for 20. I, can't, I don't know how we made it to 90 minutes on this. You know what it was? Yeah. We were gasping for air, and then we switched subjects at minute 48, and that's when the fire came. So on the episode, I'm going to note, just skip the first 40 minutes. Just Tag in around a minute 48. That's really where you care about the show. Dude, we were dead. Like, I mean, like, there's just I mean, wasn't it, a lot to talk about. I literally, I, I, I mean, I feel like most of our Patreons know this, but for those, if you're a public listener and you're still listening, God bless you at this point. Um, I have a lot of work and I have not gotten a whole lot of sleep. I fell asleep multiple times during this episode and missed gaps of time. And I still didn't miss anything. Like, I still you, understood exactly what was going on. I mean, because, it was a waste of time. I'm sorry. Because, because this like, episode I wasn't wanna, bad, but it was not good. <laughs> like, I'm because, like, I definitely, like, like want to make a point for us to talk about everything that happened in the episode, like, in, like, broad strokes, like, all the big things, because we've gotten criticism about that in the past. And I think that's, like, fair criticism. It uh, is fair. And I even, like, told the person that, about that because there were, like, like episodes from last season where we kind of, like, yada yada through stuff or didn't talk about it at all. And so now we definitely, like, make a point to, like, talk about, like, any major things that happen. And if we don't, we literally just forgot. And I feel like we did that, right? Like, I feel like we did that in a pretty quick well, we, amount of We time. brought up a niece around a minute, an hour and ten minutes in. No, we did that earlier on, too. Like, we brought we brought that up, like, earlier. We just didn't say anything about it. Um, we said that no. she went home. But, like, what is there to say? Um, I don't know. What Did we forget anything? Is there anything here that, like... No, I, at this point, we have definitely be, not forgot. It's, it's like, point. is anyone, like, banging their desk, be like, you guys didn't fucking talk about it? If they are, God bless you, you were way into this episode more I'm than I was. I'm curious as to what it is, if there is something. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I, I, I think the big takeaway... And with that, we're going to end this episode. Yeah, with that, we're sure. strong. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> Uh, The Challenge Chronicles loves you. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good night.